Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to part two of our chat with Simon Amstel. If you haven't listened to part one, you know what to do. I'm not going to tell you. Okay, go back to the feed and find part one. Uh, here it is. Here's part two. One of the things I've always felt about you. What have you felt about me, Chris? Well, I'll give you a list. Um, <laughs> I actually, interestingly, you can try these on for size, Simon. You can tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like you're sort of trying to, with whatever you do, I think you've actually said this, so this is not an insight, but like trying to find the truth in something, yeah. like sort of what's actually going on here. Yeah. But perhaps also the thing that, that has never occurred to me till now, but since you ask, is that I feel like perhaps I used to think of you as someone very cynical. And now I feel like that you've completely changed and gone through that and actually it's the opposite if we're talking about that ayahuasca ceremony there is you can't be cynical in that no you can't i actually wasn't ever cynical i was actually really always after the truth even when i was poking fun at pop stars and stuff what i found cynical were tv shows where everyone was like pretending to be friends and just saying like complimentary things to each other i just found that really Mm. disgusting i mean i'm appreciating it now from you but on other shows, I would think <laughs> this is just, uh, <laughs> I just think, oh, this is horrible. And I, I felt like we were getting to the truth by saying the unsayable, cheeky thing. Yes. Um, so it, actually, I think there's a sort of, um, I think there's a continuity uh, with the stand up and or with the films and all the, it's always, I'm always like, what's going on with these people what's what's really happening here and what's wrong with me what's really going what what's really underneath but do you think the difference is that you originally when you were doing like you know we're talking about poking fun of pop stars talking about pop world like you were extremely young by the way and i was being way more of an asshole at that age so i'm not coming to you for reparations (laughs) but like is it you weren't putting yourself in it whereas now all this way down the line, you're actually completely putting your vulnerability and yourself in the center. That's, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely true. I'm really and it's much more fulfilling and creatively exciting. What I get out of what I'm up to now is, as I was saying earlier, I figure out what's wrong with me. And then I get to be kind of reborn as this Mm. freer, more agile bendy person i found in life every time you share something about yourself that you think is abhorrent or disgusting or 
you know everybody comes back going oh my god i have that too and they connect with you because you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable yeah the truth sets you free every time even when you think it's going to imprison you it sets you free when i think about comedy and and stand up and stuff I i really wanted to ask you actually about if there feels like as a performer like there's a big shift from the kind of Hannah Gadsbyfication of comedy, which is like, you know, I know that she wasn't the first, but that kind of thing where she says something that lands at the end in this massive way. And it's their sort of chatter about that in like, this is, you know, the landscape's changed when you're having to think of a show. There was definitely a lot of talk about that show. And I watched it and was just stunned by it. I didn't really know what to do after it finished. Mm. And we hung out a bit in New York we were both doing our shows there together when I was having that crisis. And um, I think she's really brilliant. What did happen? I'm wondering. I think there were a lot of sort of comedians were a bit annoyed <laughs> and decided that, <laughs> well, that wasn't comedy. There was, a, there was a lot of like, well, that wasn't comedy. That was a theatre piece. Yes. I think once the dust settled, probably everyone just carried on doing what they'd been doing. Something she seemed to be saying in that special, and it might have just been for that special, Mm. was that she was being re-traumatised by the comedy that she was doing. Mm. And I've always felt I'm letting go of trauma by telling the truth and revealing everything I can about myself on stage. Mm. I feel like I'm spending time with that pain and I'm making fun of it in a playful, loving way. I don't feel like I'm um, hurting myself. I feel like I'm freeing myself. Mm. I think she was saying that in relation to jokes that were kind of self-deprecating slash maybe homophobic. And I suppose I've never really... uh, There wasn't a stage in my career where I was doing those kind of jokes. I was... I was... Maybe like the first... Six months when I like first came out and started doing stand up again, some of those jokes because I was like I was new and I was like trying to figure out how to be funny. Some of those jokes maybe were a bit cheap. And after that, once I realized how to be funny as myself, it helps me integrate everything in my life. It helps me understand who I am and it frees me of shame. It seems to free the audience in some way and uh. Yeah, I love doing it. There's never a point where I feel worse after doing a show. I always feel much better. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating that, you know, I think it's really interesting with performing as well, because all this thing we're talking about is also linked to you paying your bills and putting food on the table. You know, you're not out there for fun. You're there because it's your job. Yes, you're there to make people laugh, but it's different. And so why you, you find yourself in these kind of routines or whatever that are working, but ostensibly, what's it doing to you? Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking about money that I occurred to me that I'd been very lucky and that I had like another job that was quite well paid. And so the stand up never felt like something I like had to do for money. Mm. It was, it felt like a sort of arty hobby for a long time. Mm, Interesting. But the great thing about comedy, I think is that if you don't pander to what the audience is maybe expecting of you you can decide what's funny and so certainly with like gay stuff like the audience in front of you might well have just been laughing I mean this is many years ago when I was doing like the club circuit might have just been laughing at some pretty horrific jokes yeah at our expense 
yeah. then you go on after. And it's the same. And you've got, and now you've got to make these people laugh. These, <laughs> these morons. <laughs> and you can either get angry, and I would get quite angry, and I would like attack the comedian that had just been on, which was quite fun. <laughs> wow. But you can also like, you can be funnier. And I did a similar thing with, um, I did a film called Carnage. I directed this film called Carnage, which was about um, a sort of utopian vegan future where the planet had yes. been saved because everyone finally converted to a plant-based diet. Now, I, I feel what we did with that film, in part, was make it so the vegans weren't the punchline anymore. But I think what we managed to do was to make the carnists the punchline, to make their actions absurd and ridiculous and horrific. And um, that's the power of comedy. That's, you, can, you can do that. You can, you can shift people's perspectives on stuff. That's really thrilling, I think. Yeah. That's so funny you say that because we a long time ago interviewed Julian Clary and he said Mm -hmm. that, you know, obviously he was doing comedy in a very different time and he said he used to straight away when he was on stage, he would get someone up from the audience like a, I don't know if it was specifically he always picked a straight woman, but it was a woman with, and he would empty her handbag and he would go through how yeah. absurd all the stuff in her handbag was because he said he wanted to make sure he wanted to point out that, like, I'm not the absurd one here. You are uh, and sort of set yeah. the scene for that. The world that will be now over the next hour type thing, you know, like that's what's going to happen, which is really fascinating. That's great. Yeah, I've just been doing, there's a bit in this new show about just men <laughs> in general, just like, and it's, it's straight men, I suppose, but it's, you know, that masculinity that men feel they have to wear. Mm. And it's so much fun doing it because you sort of, you know, you sort of see all these men in the audience sort of not, not really feeling comfortable to laugh, but then laughing. And uh, it's such a twist on feeling like the weirdo yourself. Mm. And feeling like you have to fit into their world to be on stage and say, you're lunatics. What are you doing? (laughs) Wouldn't you rather be me? (laughs) But it is funny, you know, because I remember years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, a really good friend of mine saying to me, I just don't like straight people. I just don't want to hang out with straight people. And I was like... (laughs) I had a boyfriend who had that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I can't hang out with straight people. I did enough of that at school. That's what he said. (laughs) Yeah, I think the way to feel right is compassion so to know that mm. their lives are really hard <laughs> i know it's like it's it's a strange thing to think about because obviously our lives are much harder obviously right obviously but um <laughs> it's very difficult there's a lot of insecurity they're really lost fragile creatures mm. we know this because of how hard it's been to sell them moisturizer <laughs> There was never a point where advertisers felt they could just say, hey, guys, you know how women have skin? Here you go. Yeah, they had to put it in like a toolbox packaging. Yes. I mean, look at the brands. Like, it's Man Cave, Bulldog. (laughs) I saw something the other day called a hydrating bromos. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to make these guys feel comfortable. But but what is that? To go to delve a little deeper into that. What is that? What is going on? What is so hard for them? Because you're right. I think the big thing is it's very important that it's clear that I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so there's all this energy put into 
<laughs> I'm a man. So there's very little energy to express anything other than that masculinity. And uh, I was thinking mm. about, um, you know how like on stag do's, like men often put the groom in a dress in some kind of yes. shaming ritual. And yes. I don't think they even know why they're doing that. I don't think they know what's yes. going on there. So, Come on, Josh, just put the dress on. Why do you, why do you, just put the, please just put the dress on. Why do you want me to do this? Because we love you, but we don't know how to say it. <laughs> please, our fathers didn't hug us, Josh. <laughs> All right, I'll put the dress on. Thank you. Now you can suck our dicks. <laughs> I mean, I've never been on the stag do, but I imagine. Like you say, they're, they're all trying to be a man. And I was doing that, you know, when I came out. It was, I, my thing was like, okay, I'm, I'm gay. I, you know, I was like insistent with myself and everyone around me that I was going to tell the truth about who I was. But I was going to be as manly a homo as I could mm. possibly be. Which is quite difficult because look at me. (laughs) So I know, I know that feeling. I know what that is. And um, it's fun to poke fun at, certainly in a stand-up show. It's moving from I'm gay, but I'm not dot, 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 to I'm gay, full stop. Yeah, full stop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> and com- and compassion, you know, I think is really the sort of underlying theme here in actually every single thing we've spoken about because we're talking about having compassion for others rather than getting irritated with them. We're talking about actually having compassion for your younger self what you're talking about in the ayahuasca thing it's about compassion for your younger self right yeah often the thing that's unsaid is i don't think there's anyone on planet earth who actually feels that they can deliver on this macho ideal but you're slightly in more trouble if you're closer to it it visually and sexuality wise you can kind of be adjacent to it and you're sort of it and so therefore whereas actually the refreshing thing is if you're not anything like it if you turn up at school and haven't got a night clue how to do anything the boys do weirdly you are let out of all of that crap for 18 years i feel very grateful that i um at the secondary school i went to there was a an annual um school musical mm. and so there was like a place for kids like me <laughs> who could like dress up and sing and stuff yes and this brilliant teacher called mr mills 
gave that gave that to us and I went back to the school quite recently what was it two or three years ago for the last ever show that Mr Mills was um directing oh wow and I was asked to like do a speech after the show and uh I couldn't stop crying during this speech I was just so happy for all the children on this stage that they had somewhere where they could express themselves yeah it was quite a thing and also oh the other great thing about it was um the guy who'd, when I was, uh, what was I, 14 or 15, I'd played Pharaoh in Joseph and uh, really fancied, mm-hmm. although Big obviously part. couldn't ever do anything about it. Thank you very much. Really fancied um, Joseph, the boy who played Joseph. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, t- he turned up also at the uh, last ever show of Mr. Mills. And uh, I got to say on that st- school stage that I remembered being on that stage being in in Joseph and having very confusing feelings for the boy playing Joseph. (laughs) And I saw him there like smiling and it was like such a wonderful healing thing to be able to be there, whatever it is, 25 years later or something and say the thing to the boy that I couldn't even, I couldn't even think at the time because it was so scary. Yes. Yeah, that was really fun. That's extraordinary. Oh. And so, what? Where's he at in his life now? Is he probably he's probably married and all that sort of stuff? You know, he's just living a lovely life with a woman. Would so he's straight? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't yeah. a dash to the yeah. front, up to the lectern. I was always you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was very pleased. I think he was very pleased to hear about it. Really? So that was nice. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it was sort of. It was kind of magical. And I didn't fancy him anymore. So that was another thing. It was like, oh, look, time just goes by and those feelings change, obviously. And uh, yeah. Well, listen, that helps, doesn't it? (laughs) You've been very honest in the past about saying that you were always drawn to people much younger than you. And you felt that actually you were kind of looking for a younger version of yourself. And that's what drew you to people. Is that right? Uh, It was that I was trying to save the 18-year-old in me who wasn't saved. And what were they being saved from? Somebody should have reached out a hand to me when I was younger and said, you're all right. Mm. This is fine. You're going to have a lovely time. Don't worry about any of this. And I suppose the that because there's that wound there within me, and I obviously at the time wasn't conscious that it was my wound, I would see you know, what appeared to be vulnerable looking, I mean, vulnerable in terms of like, just maybe short sighted and skinny. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I would be very drawn to the look of somebody who looked like they might need help. Right. It was a really weird combination of being sexually attracted to somebody, but also really wanting to just like hug them and tell them they were all right. And I would, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I would always, I mean, the, the, the last person that I did this with, it was. It got. It got so obvious. He had glasses. He was very skinny, and he had curly hair, and he had depression. And I thought, what are you? It's just go to your own therapist and talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, my type for a very long time was somebody who had got their jumper stuck over their head. <laughs> That's what I was into. But I suppose in terms of like, like my memories of being attracted to people. Gosh, uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio isn't obvious. I can't remember fancying anyone before Leonardo DiCaprio. 
arrived in my life. <laughs> in Titanic or What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Oh, what happened? I think I watched Romeo and Juliet and then went backwards. to the vi- I went to the video store and started watching everything that he'd ever been in and got very worried at some point because I thought there's going to be a record of this. The, <laughs> the video shop are going to know something's up. That's the thing. It's like you're constantly trying to cover your tracks for literally just stuff that is so natural. It's such a weird, weird thing, isn't it? Here's how good I was at covering my tracks when I was at school. I did um, media studies as an A-level and uh, that's not me covering my tracks. <laughs> uh, one of the... <laughs> and look what I went into. <laughs> no one will know. One of, the, um, one of the projects was design a radio station for a specific audience. And I created a whole gay radio station because I thought if I was gay and trying to hide it, I would yes. never create a gay radio station. How crazy is that? <laughs> I get it though. Like because you overthink yeah. it because it's really important. It's really important to throw people off the scent. Yeah. So it was so mad because I was like, I went and like bought a copy of Gay Times magazine for research. And uh, <laughs> I think I ended up like copying out an interview that Peter Tatchell had done and somebody played Peter Tatchell and I played the interviewer and uh, we sort of did a radio version of that interview. And um, yeah, so crazy. Nobody said anything, you know, nobody. It was really, I mean, what a lovely thing because all the teachers must have known what was going on, I suppose, and nobody... Oh, is it good that they didn't say anything? Well, they legally they couldn't say anything, so uh, <laughs> they were literally blocked. That's they were unable to help. What were you like when you went up to the counter with it? Did you try and sort of look studious and quizzical, like just pop a bit of research on the counter here? I can't remember. I can remember buying Attitude magazine for real, you know, in secret. That mm. was a terrifying thing. I remember. I think it was maybe the first thing that I did once I learned to drive. Once I was able to drive, I maybe after a party at some point, like very late at night, went to 7-Eleven and bought uh, Attitude magazine with um, Adam Ricketts' oily body on the cover. That's everybody's, like, of our age group, that's everybody's, you know, <laughs> landmark <laughs> Attitude cover. It's so funny you say that. Yeah. That's hysterical. And then I met him. My first job on TV was presenting this uh, kids' channel. Nick, oh, sorry, why can't I speak anymore? It's because Adam Ricketts come up. Um, <laughs> uh, I was I was presenting on Nickelodeon, the kids' channel, and ended up interviewing him at some sort of pop like road show or something that he was doing. That can't be a pop road show. That sounds like it's from the seventies. What was it? I don't know what it was. Anyway, I ended up interviewing him about that first single that he released, "Breathe." Do you remember that uh, song, "Breathe"? He was in like a glass cupboard or something, wasn't he? Exactly. He was in like a <laughs> glass box, and uh, he's naked in the box. And I got to like be quite. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't out at this point, or but I got to be quite sort of flirty and teasy with him. And um, he was mm. saying it wasn't a glass box, that it was some kind of machine that had, like, uh, birthed him from some... I was like, it's a glass box and we can see your nipples. <laughs> 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 it was so nice to sort of shout the word nipples at this boy that I'd been looking at. Oh, God. Exhausting, isn't it, talking about Adam Rickett <laughs> in, in 2021? <laughs> Is, was he gay? No. 
a pinup. Yeah. He was just playing with us. Yeah, that's what it used to be. That's what that's all we used to have. What we used to have to do was like get excited about some random straight guy who was in Coronation Street, and now we have Lil Nas X and Ollie Alexander, and like they were like we have queer heroes now in the pop world who yeah. are like fully. Yeah free in a way that um pop stars struggled to be in the past it's a, it's been a major transformation what a joy right it is such a joy and the amount of good work that does is just beyond extraordinary and less people are gonna have to fly to peru <laughs> and have an <laughs> yes, ayahuasca yes, therapy yes, as a result yes. and i think it's healing for us as well i watched the most recent lil nas x performance on saturday night live and applauded on my own in the room afterwards i mean yeah but he was able to do that yeah it's unbelievable it's unbelievable i love him me too <laughs> and it's unapologetic that was like the key thing mm. he's not doing what i felt i needed to do when i was that age which was like just sort of make being gay not that big a deal it's like yeah but you know guys it's like come on i'm more interesting than just that and he's like, actually, this is really bloody interesting. <laughs> I knew that would be fun. I didn't realise how much I would laugh. He just is mischief and thoughtfulness all rolled into one. Love him. Thank you so much, Simon, for taking the time to come and chat to us. It's always a pleasure. I hope you'll be back. Maybe on the next tour. Maybe on the next book. Maybe on the next venture, there'll always be something new with Simon. That's the thing about him. He's always inventing and creating and doing something wonderfully new and clever. I want to know what you thought of it, so you've got to get in touch. It's hello at homosapienspodcast.com or at homosapiens on Instagram. If you want to write to us there, please do. We'll be reading them out. And what I would also like you to do, if you want to support the Albert Kennedy Trust, is go and buy a Homo Sapiens t-shirt from everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens. And what else do I want you to do? Let me think of... Oh, you can follow us on Facebook at Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. Um, oh, funny beeping noise. What was that? Weirdly, it sounded like a phone beeping, getting a message. My phone's next to me and I'm in the house by myself. Does that make me paranoid? Yes. Listeners, if I haven't been um, killed by an axe murderer by the time um, we get to next week's episode, may I ask you to tune in next week where we'll have more delights, more fun and games. Cannot wait for you to hear it all. Loads of love. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Powered by Spirit Studios.